0: Hey, y'all, Cable here, and this week's podcast brought to you by Go Wild, the new social media app made for hunters, spy hunters, and anglers, by the way. Uh, If you're tired of the hate that we experience on a regular basis on the normal social media platforms, then check out Go Wild. And here's something cool also you can log time that you've invested listening to outdoor podcasts or hunting or fishing shows, and you can do that for my show right now. We're offering up, uh, we've partnered with Go Wild. We've got five Lone Star Beer camo dub seat coolers, and also we've got a great grand prize as well, which is a DS4K trail camera from Stealth Cam, the best trail camera on the market, and 100 bucks to the Go Wild store. It's free. All you have to do, log some time. Say that you've listened to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Do it on the Go Wild app, and you could be a winner. Check it out. Go Wild.
1: On the land there stands a cabin that our grandfather built. When I'm away a-hunting, I feel overrun
2: with guilt. Howdy, 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 Cable
0: Smith. Welcome everybody to the Lone Star, outdoor show powered by Dallas Safari Club. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here today. That is brand new stuff from Jason Boland and the Stragglers. Hard Times, Our Relative is the name of that track. I'm really digging that one right now. And uh, by the way, on today's broadcast, I'm going to be playing brand new music. Stuff that you may or may not have heard before from artists that you may or may not be familiar with. Uh, There'll be uh, some, you know, common ones like Jason Boland and uh, Corey Morrow, but then some more... uh, Lesser known artists like Matt and the Herdsman. But anyway, all new music on today's show. It's a great time to be alive in the great outdoors. And tell you what, we are one week closer to September 1st, which means music to my ears. Shotguns will be ringing out all over North America as dove seasons uh, open up. But I don't know that everyone's dove season opens on September 1st, but Texas certainly does. It should be a damn state holiday. With the number of dove hunters taking to the field. And and did you know that Texas actually accounts for 40% of the nation's entire dove harvest annually? Crazy, crazy. But uh, yeah, (laughs) we like our dove hunting uh, down here. I know many of y'all do as well. And then, well, September 1st also means elk season is uh, officially here. I know the tag I drew in New Mexico is good for September 1st through the 15th. So on the 2nd. Uh, myself and a good buddy will be hitting the road, headed west, and hopefully our arrows will find their mark and we'll come home with full coolers full of delicious elk meat. Probably my favorite venison on the face of God's green earth. I'm not kidding you. I don't know if it gets any better. Axis gives it a run for its money, but my God, elk is some good stuff. We've got a great show lined up for you today. Um, Here's what we're going to do off the top. We'll discuss the latest and greatest loads from Kent Cartridge. Like we said, dove season is almost here. Uh, They've got some new dove loads. Also, early teal is right behind that, uh, opening up on September 15th. And so uh, we'll discuss some non-toxic teal loads, as well as uh, the latest bismuth rounds, which, of course, bismuth is more dense than lead. Uh, It gives you more killing and knockdown power, maybe, hopefully, Ending up in less cripples. I know that Bell would appreciate that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's what we're going to do uh, with Andrew Howard. We're going to talk all things shotgunning. And uh, and and why does a hunter choose one load over another? I mean, is it all about feet per second or payload or the number of pellets in a shotgun shell? I don't know. But uh, those are some things to think about uh, when choosing which Ammunition, you're going to buy. Then we will visit with the Green Decoy Land Tawny of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Green Decoy is a hashtag that I've been seeing all over social media. Um, It's becoming more and more popular as Backcountry Hunters and Anglers and other conservation organizations have chosen to embrace it, uh, the stigma, rather than try to defend themselves or anything else. Because the Green Decoy is, and you can go to the, the uh, webpage, it's just greendecoys.com, it's a smear campaign on backcountry hunters and anglers. They've chosen land to kind of be the face of this uh, campaign, and they claim that these conservation organizations, which I'm a member of, uh, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, also Trout Unlimited, and various others, uh, they claim that they're fake hunting and conservation organizations, and that... They're actually made up of greenies who are environmentalists and have no real passion for the outdoors. So that kind of strikes me as weird, right? I know it does you as well. Backcountry Hunters and Anglers is the most important organization we have right now today when it comes to defending our right as public landowners. Um, you know, if you like to hunt the backcountry, then I suggest you become a member. Anyway, land will be here. We'll discuss the green decoy phenomenon and also Utah Senator Mike Lee's proposal to transfer all public land to state control, which by and large, for my money, would be the end of conservation and and especially big game conservation in the United States. Uh, And we'll get into that and explain why that is uh, and whether or not it's a real possibility coming up here in just a little bit. And then we'll wrap up today's broadcast by heading into the backcountry, digitally anyway, but uh, Dylan Dawson, community leader for OnX Maps, will be here. If you're not digitally scouting your backcountry hunts, you are living in the past, my friends. Uh, you probably all use Google Earth and uh, we're going to get into OnX Maps and you know how it was created, why it was created, and what it does for today's Public Land Hunter, which it's got a lot of features, uh, and we'll get into some of those here in just a little bit. And it's actually very affordable, by the way, uh, more so than you might think. Uh, that's what's on the docket for today. Going to be a good one, guarantee you that. A um, couple other things to mention here. Don't forget the Texas Trophy Hunters Fort Worth Extravaganza is going on this weekend. Hope to see you out there. I'll have a booth out there, and uh, if I'm not at my booth. Go to the Lone Star Beer booth. I'll probably be hanging out over there. I'll have stickers and stuff to give away uh, as well. Um, Let's do this. Let's do a quick giveaway. Why not, right? Um, I think for today, we'll give away a pair of tickets to the San Antonio Hunters Extravaganza, which will be next weekend. Also, we'll throw in a uh, Show Your Skull t-shirt from Trophy Hunters and one of their camo caps So to enter to win the uh, Texas Trophy Hunters prize pack Two tickets, t shirt, and cap. Email the word, how about, let's do green decoy. Green decoy to lone star outdoors show at gmail.com. We'll get you entered into today's giveaway. And then don't forget, keep sending in your best hunting, fishing, outdoor photos to lone star outdoors show at gmail.com. Post them on my Instagram. Use that hashtag LSOS photo um, This month, we are giving away an all seasons feeders, lone star outdoors show special edition. It has my logo on it. Fire pit. It's a 28-inch fire pit with a grill. Uh, Great for your deer lease. I've got one out at uh, both of my deer leases. So anyway, a cool prize there from All Seasons Feeders. You have to uh, enter to win, so send in your photo. And then our 12 monthly winners at the end of the year will square off for a chance to hunt trophy axis deer or black buck with me down at Coons Canyon Ranch in Rock Springs, Texas. Let's take a quick break when we come back. We'll do a little shotgunning with hint Cartridge's Andrew powered You're listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Back then there were no fences to keep us apart. Unbroken horses, unbroken not Cable here for isocialboost.com, a tool that many outdoor enthusiasts are using to grow their Instagram audiences, and if you're growing your Instagram audience, you're growing your brand. I recently let isocialboost.com take over a new page I created, and the growth has been incredible. Isocialboost Boost can help you expand your audience to heights you never imagined. Plus, you'll save 80%, that's right, 80% off your first week if you use my promo code Lone Star. That's Lone Star at isocialboost.com. And by the way, check out my new page. It's the underscore huntervationist. Uh, ISocial Boost has gotten me 400-plus followers in like three days. I'm not kidding. ISocial Boost will do the same for you, and you can find it at isocialboost.com. Three Curl Outfitters is now offering guided North Texas quail hunts just 30 minutes south of DFW if you're looking for a quality quail hunt close to home, planning a company outing, or just looking for a place to tune up your dogs. You need to give them a call. Hunts are $250 a hunter for a half day hunt. That includes 15 birds. And you can add extra birds for $8 a piece if you want to give your bird dog just a little more run. You're welcome to bring your own dogs. Otherwise, the guide and dog fee is 150 a day for your entire group. That's not per person. Go to 3curl.com or call 214 641 8097 to book your hunt today.
1: If you were half a man, you'd be there by her side. I guess whiskey goes down easier than pride. I bet I look crazy to everyone
0: else staring at this me. Whiskey and pride, the name of that one there from Corey Morrow. Brand new stuff bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show powered by Dallas Safari Club. Table Smith riding shotgun with you. Uh, Thank you so much for being here today. I do appreciate each and every one of you. Goodness gracious, can you believe it? It's already the second week of August. That means Dove season will be here in the blink of an eye. And uh, we're going to talk Dove loads and actually uh, early Teal loads as well because early Teal will open up, uh, I believe, on the 15th of September. So just a couple weeks behind the Dove opener. Uh, Always one of my favorite times of the year uh, for some real sporty wing shooting as far as Dove and Teal are concerned. And uh, we're going to get into shotgunning and uh, the latest and greatest from Kent Cartridge with our friend Andrew Howard here momentarily. But before we do that, uh, this segment is proudly brought to you by Lone Star Beer. If you haven't seen the new Lone Star Beer camo can, you need to check it out. They've even got the Texas Trophy Hunters logo on the can this season. Uh, Grab a six-pack or 12-pack, whatever you fancy On your way to the dove field this year. And remember, drink responsibly. I'm not advocating uh, drinking while you're actively hunting. But when you finally knock down that 15th dove, you know what to do. Crack open an ice cold Lone Star beer. Lone Star beer, the national beer of Texas. Uh, All right. Well, let's go ahead and talk some wing shooting right now. It's certainly on everybody's brain. Uh, Hell, my kids are asking me when we can start eating dove hearts again. And I, I keep telling them. You know, we're out of those. We have to wait till September to get more. Uh, but they're thinking about it, I'm thinking about it, and so are you. And with that being said, it is my pleasure to welcome Andrew Howard of Kent Cartridge to the show.
3: Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on.
4: Certainly a pleasure. So, uh, first of all, before we talk uh, shotgun loads here today, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself as far as what you do in the uh, in the hunting community that we all love so much.
3: All right. So what we do in the hunting community, um, it's our business is in uh, public relations. So we work with several of the best companies in the outdoor industry to kind of work between the company and meeting people like yourselves to get the, uh, the new information out there, get you know products to you testing. We help organize a lot of events, at, you know, trade shows, media hunts, um, you know, product intros, uh, stuff like that. So it's uh, one of those kind of a little bit behind the scenes type jobs in the hunting industry, but it gives us a lot of variety and flexibility in, in the work we do with uh, outdoor media.
4: Right on. And and yeah, I actually got uh, one of the perks from our relationship was I got to go here recently to test drive some new stuff from Can-Am, which I think I got the Maverick up to 70 miles per hour in like four and a half seconds. <laughs>
3: right. Yeah, that, yeah, that was uh, Yeah. The, the Maverick X3 there from Can-Am. It's a, it scoots, but, yeah, you got to see the new new office they've got there in Plano and uh, helicopter rides. You just got the full full treatment on that
4: trip. First time i would ever been in a helicopter, too, so it was pretty awesome. We're going to talk some dove loads here off the top. One of the companies that you get to work with is Kent Cartridge, and, um, you know, they've got quite a few options, which we're going to discuss here momentarily. Uh, but personally, what do you prefer, a 12 or 20 gauge for dove hunting?
3: Um, it kind of depends what mood I'm in. Um, <laughs> you, you know, I I tend to hunt more with a 12-gauge just because more options, but, you know, we're going to do a lot of shooting at 20-gauge nights as far as swinging, that sort of thing. You know, a lot of what I've done in the past for getting ready for duck season, just take out the 12-gauge that I duck hunt with, just get the change of chokes, and you kind of get used to that swing of things, but it's a great great time to practice, uh, you know, hone in on a little more, you know, live-action shooting, get the dog worked on some birds early in season, and, um... Uh, to knock the rust off
4: uh yeah absolutely well and i've killed a lot of dove with the 12 gauge primarily i mean that's what i've hunted with pretty much my entire life up until about two years ago the older i get the more uh i don't know if it's nostalgia or maybe it's just the pounding on my shoulder but i'm reaching for that 20 gauge more often these days so i don't know i uh can't go wrong with either one that's for no, sure but
3: yeah it's kind of nice to mix it up a little bit and do something different from day to day and Get those different options out there.
4: Yep. Yeah. What is your uh, preferred shot size? There's so many options out there. Uh, I've always seemed to lean more towards the seven and a half shot. But uh, but I don't know if you look at that first or if you look at the uh, FPS and determine maybe that's more important to you uh, over shot size.
3: Yeah, it depends if I'm shooting steel or you know lead or you know a different non-toxic shot. What I'm looking for, you know, some on the of lead stuff at the seven and a half is going to work great. Uh, even if you do, you know, into some of the non toxic stuff I think that's a you know obviously an excellent shot size you know the steel you might want to get something uh, a little bit larger on the six shot size but usually I've you know the shot size check the speed and then you know go from there on the variety but you can't go wrong with a you know a seven and a half inch load and uh, it kind of like you said depends on the the velocity you know what you're shooting uh, definitely plays in a factor for you
4: hmm well you know it, it's no secret that there will be what, some some million plus dove hunters taking to the field on September 1st. I think it was. Uh, gosh, I'm trying to remember who told me it was. It was definitely the Texas Parks and Wildlife Dove Program Leader. Uh, but he said we average the average hunter shoots five shots for every dove that he kills. <laughs> so the uh, the dove load manufacturing industry is probably a good one to be in.
3: Right, and that's, that's good to hear For you know, from Kent Cartridge's standpoint. Um, they've got, you know, if you're shooting a lot, they've got three different kind of varieties of dove loads, you know, specifically designed for dove hunting for you uh, for 2018. And uh, what you, whatever one you're going to be shooting a lot of, they've got a good option for you for sure.
4: Yeah. Well, what, do you know much about Kent's history? Because I, I personally I don't know much, but I figured you might be able to, to talk a little bit about uh, how long they've been around and uh, just give us a little background.
3: Yeah, Kent's been around for several years. I think it's one of those companies that uh, has a really strong, I'd say, loyal, not almost cult following, but, you know, people will understand um, definitely the quality that goes into, you know, Kent Cartridge from, you know, definitely known on the waterfowl side, but also for, you know, upland need, you know, Dove, Turkey, Target, uh, they even have some training loads as well. Uh, Kent's sister company is uh, Gainbore, which is more, which is in the UK, so it's um, very well known over there, so it's, it's a lot of the same technology and quality and performance of the products is is in both companies but for you know for Kent for you know new for this year they've done some some great things you know as we mentioned the dove loads some new stuff in their target loads and then on the waterfowl side they're uh, very well known for their variety and um, offerings of bismuth loads as well for um, you know waterfowl and upland and a wide range of uh, gauges and shot sizes. So really, whatever you're needing to shoot uh, from a shotgun, Kent's about got you covered.
2: Yeah.
4: Well, one thing I saw recently was the Elite uh, low-recoil rounds, uh, shotgun loads, which for anyone out there who has one of their grandfather's guns in the safe, uh, these are low-recoil, which is pretty cool. I think, you know, going back to that nostalgia, uh, that's kind of why I want to take out granddad's a five this September. And these loads are perfect for that.
3: Right, exactly. So you, what's nice about it too is you've got a, you know, two and a half inch offering in that load as well. Um, you know, both, I guess, eight shot on both of those for the two and a half and two and three quarters. So you're right. You've got 1200 feet per second on those loads. So if you need, you know, something low recoil for maybe be an older shotgun, or if you've got newer shooters that are a little more sensitive to recoil, um, they've, they've got you covered for that, uh, for that training load. And it's also got the the diamond shot uh, in that load, so you're going to get a more or uniform and uh, consistent pattern
4: out of that load. Mm-hmm. Well, and for for my money, I still believe that dove hunting is the best way to introduce a newbie to the sport because of the social aspect. Sometimes there's a lot of action. It's not like you're taking them to a deer stand and expecting them to see the beauty of deer hunting on their first sit. When you sit there for hours and hours and hours, and you maybe you see something, maybe you don't, and you got to be quiet, you know. So dove hunting is that perfect outlet. Take a kid take your buddy who's never been hunting before. As far as those those three options, though, let's start with the Diamond Dove. Tell us uh, a, little, a couple of the features regarding that load.
3: Yeah, so the Diamond Dove will be the, I guess, kind of go down, Diamond, Steel, Dove, then First Dove, kind of the different three levels of it. So Diamond Dove will be your, you know, your kind of premium of the three, I would say, you know, Diamond, Steel, are comparable on that. But what's nice about the the diamond dove um, is basically the shot that goes into it. So the diamond shot. So it's um, it actually comes from from Game Boy, uh, the and uh, their their lead you know shot production facilities. Uh, what's nice about this is the shot goes through five grading processes processes during the manufacturing, and then uh, from then it's um, basically uh, sorted through to make sure that you're going to get a consistent size. Uh, it's polished. So that what basically helps you with that is just a more consistent. Uh, shot pattern gives you just better uh, patterning of the gun when you're out shooting and, and repeatability, whether you're, you know, on the field or, you know, at the range. So they've got several different of cartridges loads that offer that shot in, and that's what you get out of Diamond Dove. So that one comes in um, all 12 gauge, uh, a little bit different velocity on some of those, and all in seven and a half shot size. On the steel, though, what's nice about the steel is, um, you know, I'm here in Missouri and some of the state areas. Where you go dove hunting, you have to shoot non-toxic or or steel, so that's good to have have that variety on uh, that load. You're going to get 12 and 20 gauge,
4: or God forbid, you live in California where the whole state is is right. uh, non-toxic only.
3: Right, so <laughs> no matter where you're at or where you're where you hunt, we got you covered on on the dove loads. And then on the first stuff, that's going to be more of your value, price, performance. We're going to be doing a lot of sh- a lot of shooting. If you uh, you know get into some some good white wing shoots down there where you're at, that might not be a bad option for you if you're going to be uh, shooting quite a bit, and that's uh they have a twelve gauge and a twenty gauge offering in first dove as well
4: okay and do you have the m s r p on that
3: uh the fair market value for you know your diamond dove will go from about seventy five dollars around that same for about the steel dove, and then first dove will be around the seventy dollar mark
4: per first case. case, yep, good stuff on that front and then and also you know I think a lot of people overlook this if you're dove hunting uh A tank, you know, dove come to water, especially in the afternoon, great evening hunt spot. Uh, You need to be shooting non-toxic loads because you can't be hunting over water, uh, you know, flinging that lead shot. (laughs) So that's something else to think about because I know a lot of people uh, overlook that and think, oh, I'm not hunting ducks, you know, but then they go shoot dove with lead shot over over water. Right. So uh, pay attention to that. Let's talk a little teal hunting because uh, that's come, that'll be what, two weeks after the dove opener there, uh, which we have a hunt planned on the Texas coast, which I'm excited about. Uh, I think uh, you Kent will be there and then also some of the folks from Mossberg. And we're going to be shooting uh, teal steel, uh, I believe, and then possibly a bismuth uh, load in a 28-gauge as well.
3: Yes, that's right. So for... Um, teal steel again just a lot of the wide range of offerings that kink cartridge has we'll be shooting the uh teal steel 20 gauge load uh, so it's a three inch uh, about 1250 feet per second six shots for that so it's nice about it you know teal steel it does offer in a 12 gauge variant as well so it's designed uh, specifically for 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 early teal season uh, we're going to be shooting you know hopefully a lot on that so we'll have uh, Some several cases of that, but it's again nice that they've got you know different different uh, cartridges for whatever you're wanting to hunt. And then on the bismuth side, we'll be shooting 28 gauge. Uh, What's cool about this is under Kent's bismuth uh, up online they have some smaller gauge loads under the non-toxic bismuth. So we'll have uh, a couple cases of 28 gauge
2: Hmm. that
3: that should be pretty cool. So definitely something. You know, people don't think about, you know, on the smaller gauge for waterfowl, but Kent's got the loads that'll handle that. Last year we did a hunt and used the uh, Browning A5 Sweet 16s with bismuth 16-gauge uh, loads and just performed great. Like, besides, nice you know, with teal and you get a smaller gauge gun, you know, it's easier to handle on these on these birds that are flying through real quickly. And uh, just makes the shooting a lot more fun. We can do something a little different, kind of like we talked about with uh, dove season as well. So you can do some... uh Smaller gauge loads, but you with the ammo that uh, Kent has, you don't have to really sacrifice any performance.
4: Right, right. Well, and so what are the uh, what are the perks to shooting bismuth?
3: Uh, what's nice about bismuth is it's a high density shot. Uh, it's non toxic. It's uh, 24% greater density than steel. Uh, what's great about it too, you know, as I mentioned with with Kent, bismuth load, they have a huge offering of different gauges from 12, 20. 1628, and then from there, a lot of different shot sizes. Um, what's nice about it, too, is softening the steel at a higher performance, so it won't harm barrels, so if you've got, you know, an older load, I've got an old 16-gauge um, Mod 11 Remington that I use, and I, you know, shoot business through it, so if you've got an older gun, you know, as well, you don't have to worry about damaging the barrels. What Kent did also this year is it comes in a 25-round box versus 10-round boxes in the past, so you can buy it like you do everything else and get a really you know high performance non-toxic load for waterfowl hunting or or upland hunting
4: one more question on the teal steel how is that catered for early teal season
3: right so what's nice about this is it comes in if you're getting the 12 gauge it's a five or six shot and then 20 gauge will be six shots and then you have a on the 12 gauge 1350 on the velocity or 1250 on 20 gauge so it's uh you know still is a very hard-hitting uh, low to the teal, but also a little bit lighter on, you know, your shoulder on the end, because you may be, I don't know, you mentioned 10 shots per dove, I don't know what it'd be on teal,
2: but
3: <laughs> I imagine it's about the same, so yeah, yeah. you may be shooting a little bit more, but uh, they've got a load that'll uh, knock the teal
4: down. You know, where we're going on the Texas coast, there, a lot of times you get these huge wads of teal, and and I've, I've caught myself on more than one occasion just shooting into the bunch and not picking out one bird, and that's a good way to waste ammo, then usually nothing falls. <laughs>
3: Right, and that's yeah, you know, that's kind of one. They're it, flying
4: so fast, you know, it's just like ah.
3: Yeah, you uh, pick one out, and by the time it comes in, it's at the top of the group instead of the bottom. And uh, yeah, like I said, it seems like you get a big group in with a group of shooters. Either you knock down a bunch, or everybody's shooting at the same same bird. But mm-hmm. the way it goes when they they come screaming through. But yeah, that's what uh, makes it fun. It should be a good hunt in September for sure.
4: Awesome. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to it. Uh, folks can find all of Kent's uh, dove and teal loads right there at KentGameBoard.com. Uh, y'all check it out, and stay tuned. I think we're going to give away a box on our uh, Instagram page this week.
3: Sounds good.
4: All right, Andrew. Well, hey, man, we will see you very soon. Thanks again for the time. All right, thanks,
3: Kate. We'll Talk to you soon.
0: All right, our good friend Andrew Howard representing Kent Cartridge. Uh, lots of exciting stuff coming up from Kent for this fall as we pursue all manner of winged or feathered quarry. I don't adhere to the phrase, if it flies, it dies, but if it's legal and it flies in front of me, uh, I'm definitely going to get my money's worth (laughs) flinging some kind of uh, Kent load at it. That is for sure. Uh, That segment of the presentation, by the way, brought to you by Dallas Safari Club, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. I'd like to invite you to get plugged in with this great group of folks who are passionate about hunter's rights, education, and, of course, conservation to do so. Check us out at biggame.org. Uh, we will be right back with the real Green Decoy himself, Land Tawny, President and CEO of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, drops in next, and uh, we'll get to the bottom of this entire Green Decoy phenomenon right here on the Lone Star Outdoors show. Can
1: I buy you a country song? Not a sad one of love going wrong. Makes you smile when you turn it on. Can I buy you a country song?
0: Hey guys, Cable here, and I need to tell you about the Go Wild app. If you've experienced any kind of hatred on social media from anti-hunters, from tree huggers, and the like, then check out the growing Go Wild community. It's free, it's available for both iPhones and Android. It's a great place to trade hunting and fishing stories, recipes, and share some of those bragging board moments of your outdoor successes. Check it out, it's the Go Wild app, available for both iphones and androids do you have a hog problem at your ranch or deer lease we have the solution the system hog trap comes in two sizes 17 foot and 30 foot diameter traps after you trap the hogs take the top section off the trap and use it for another feeder site to keep the hogs away from the feeder the system is both a trap and a deer food plot fence that way you don't waste your money on just a hog trap call 940-391-3669 or visit www.goinfencing.com that's Fencing.com.
1: Have you had the frustration of trying to mount your game camera to a T-Post with zip ties or bailing wire, but the first time you check it, find it pointing at the ground? I have. My name is Art Creep with Gunny Art Products. I'm the inventor of T-Mate, the T-Post game camera mount. T-Mate is a rugged steel bracket. Just attach your camera to it, slip it over a T-Post, and latch it in place teammate will end your zip tie and bailing wire frustration. Order yours today at tpostmount.com. That's tpostmount.com.
3: Howdy folks, this is Ann Watson and you're listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show with my buddy Cable
1: Smith. Hey, this is Cody Jinks, and you're listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Must be the whiskey. I've been drinking too. Making new stuff there from our
0: good friend Cody Jinks. Must be the whiskey that's off his latest album. I think it's called uh, Lifers. Yeah, that's the name of the record. Great album there. Y'all be sure to check that out. I'm Cable Smith, by the way. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in today. I certainly appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, We have got an interesting topic to get into concerning the green decoy. Uh, This attack on some of my favorite conservation organizations by basically a lobbyist group or firm out of dc it's a smear campaign Uh, that is my honest opinion Uh, but we will hear from the well let's just say the poster child or the face of that smear campaign land tawny he's the president and ceo of backcountry hunters and anglers one of my favorite conservation organizations and uh, nobody Does more to protect our public lands than uh, backcountry hunters and anglers. But before we jump into it with land, this segment of the presentation is brought to you by First Light. And check this out. Next week on my Instagram page, we're going to hook somebody up with a complete set of First Light gear. From the base layer to the obsidian pant and sawtooth jacket. Basically, this is what I wear during early season archery elk hunts and October whitetail sits. So, you'll have a chance to get completely outfitted by First Light, but this contest is going to be a little bit different because you're going to have to nominate a friend or a hunting buddy to win. And, of course, they can nominate you as well, Uh, but that's how you will be eligible to win this awesome prize package from First Light. First Light, go farther, stay longer. All right, uh, well, let's go ahead and bring on an old friend of the show. He's the president and CEO of one of my favorite organizations in Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Lantani. it's great to have you back, man.
2: Thanks so much for having me again, Cable.
4: My pleasure. Uh, so what tags do you have in your pocket that you're excited about for this coming fall?
2: You know, I've got uh, got a cow tag, so I can shoot two elk this year. i got a doe tag, so I can shoot two deer. Uh, but What I'm most excited about is my 10-year-old can hunt this year, and so uh, we've been... Practicing with the 410, and uh, we're gonna get her out her and hopefully get her first duck. She's been in the, the duck line with me since she was, you know, about five. Um, but this year she can actually shoot, so that's what I'm, I think, most excited about.
4: Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, my uh, my son is five, so he just got a BB gun last okay. Christmas, and has uh, he's tagged along on a couple duck hunts. You know, shooting his BB gun basically <laughs> into the mud or <laughs> letting That was my dad too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, but he's a little ways from that 410, so that's really cool. And I think. Um, in Montana, don't don't they have to be ten years old to hunt?
2: Yeah, so they like they just started a new program called the Apprentice Program. So at ten years old, she can go with an adult um, and then hunt without having to take uh, hunter safety. Hmm. So at, at 12 years old, she has to then take hunter safety to be able to hunt. Um, but this is a program that the legislature just passed, and um, and so we're going to take advantage of that.
4: That's cool. That's cool. You know, in Texas, we're pretty liberal on that stuff. I, but I I do always cringe when I see uh you know a 2 or 3 year old in a in right. a deer blind and their dad's posting on Facebook how the 3 year old just shot his first buck and I'm like come on man that's uh <laughs> great if, but really you lined it up and helped him pull the trigger and i think right. at that at 2 and 3 years old they don't know what the hell they're doing you know
2: absolutely not absolutely so. not i think that's like it's a little weird for me that uh, they don't have to take hunter safety here in Montana before they can hunt either, you know? Yeah. Like, if she's old enough to pull the trigger, I feel like she's, you know, old enough to learn how to, you know, or to take that class. And there's a lot of, you know, things besides, you know, barrel safety and stuff that they figure out in there. But, um, you know, I'm, she's been around guns her whole life. And, you know, we've got BB guns and pellet guns, so she's ready, you know, with the 410. Mm-hmm
4: yeah well kind of the same thing my my kid walks around the deer lease with there's there's other guys there, and you know there's guns laying around everywhere and he doesn't he doesn't touch 'em he knows yep. whereas if you yep. introduced a kid who didn't grow up around that uh I think you'd have to be pretty uh wary about that situation so
2: absolutely absolutely, and I think the the night before I go hunting, I always bring my guns out and they're, you know, in the corner right next to the door so I don't forget them. And, um, so she's been around guns and there's just a healthy respect there, mm-hmm. you know. I, I don't, you know, I grew up with guns around the house and my grandfather always had a gun, you know, to shoot raccoons or skunks, you know, right at the front door. Um, and it was that healthy respect. And I think, you know, I learned that, but you, I think you, the point you just made, there's a lot of kids that haven't been that way. So you, you know, you gotta make sure that you're locking them up. Yeah. Um, so that, some neighborhood you know, Canada doesn't know about him doesn't come in and uh, do something dumb.
4: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Henry's BB gun stays in the gun safe, so I yeah, how uh, that's serious that's we are about it. Um, yeah. Well, shifting gears here, first thing is first, Utah Senator Mike Lee is obviously a, a bright guy, which is why it was so alarming for me to read his plan to turn over all federal land to state control. Uh, so what's going on regarding that? And uh, what is BHA doing to make sure that that stays far from reality?
2: Absolutely. So, um, besides doing that, he also talked about reinstating the Homestead Act as well, right? And and so, you know, I have some places on public lands that I would love to, you know, call my own, but there's also 330 million people in this country, right? That do the same thing. And you think about access. So, he hasn't introduced any legislation. Um, I will say that he has doubled down. You know, he did this at a at a, at a private kind of conference, uh, talking to some folks that believe the same thing that he was espousing. Um, but then he doubled down on like on social media and really backed up these claims. Um, and so. You know, right away, we did a Facebook Live kind of event, like we did when you know, Congressman Chaffetz from Utah proposed selling 3.3 million acres, mm-hmm. and we had a you know a ton of people you know, way in there. And and now, you know, on it, if you go on his Instagram account, every time you post a picture, uh, there's you know 60 comments that have like the "Keep It Public" kind of hashtag on it. And so um, there's some backlash there. I will say, I was pretty surprised that he did it in the um, in a midterm election year, right you know, when he did it, there's no legislation, even you know, if he introduced it right now, is really gonna move anywhere. And so, you know, I think it's it's a little nerve wracking to me. He was being considered, you know, for a Supreme Court justice. Yeah. He's a one of one hundred senators, um, and so pretty mainstream and so um, you know, for us this is a wake up call that, you know, that I think we all know that this is never gonna go away. But that, you know, folks are emboldened a little bit right now. Again, I I still I'm trying to figure out in my brain why he did it when he did it. Um, and, you know, we're making sure that um, he's got, you know, he knows that there's, you know, a bunch of people that, um, that you know, are not going to let this happen. He acknowledged when he did kind of make the announcement that, you know, it's going to be a long slog. And, um, you know, I think that's what, you know, all of us and why BHA exists is to make sure that we push back against these, these, these ideas that really um, uh, aren't great for the American people.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, if that actually did come to fruition... Uh, that would, I think, signal the end of conservation by and large because you're going to have these vast public spaces being funded by hunters and anglers and hikers to a lesser extent. Uh, because yep. it's going to become even more, I mean, it, it, we, we're already a fractured landscape in North America. Uh, those yep. wild spaces, that's all we have left. And, and if hunting did survive, it would be all on private land. And it would be, meaning, if you didn't have a, a substantial income, to throw at uh, you know recreational activities you're not gonna be hunting.
2: Absolutely. I think it becomes it was really interesting in that in that speech you talked about like our national forests and Bureau of Land Management Lands and our US Fish and Wildlife Service, um, National Wildlife Service, as like the King's Forest so that we that you know we don't have access to them. He's like and I <laughs> the King's Forest, you think that's like that's like you know, like that like European language And that's exactly what our public lands are—the exact opposite of right. You and I and anybody listening to this doesn't matter—you know who your parents are, doesn't matter how much money you made last year—that we all have that freedom to go on those public lands. And I think that's something that's uniquely American and something that we're all proud of. And for him to kind of like confuse that, you know, it's just—it's just not the truth. Um, But I think you're exactly right, and I think that you know, it's—it's again, it's up to you know all of us to make sure that does not happen. You know, when Roosevelt started this legacy that we have. You know, there were senators in Montana and Idaho and Montana that tried to stop him um, from, you know, protecting these landscapes and and making sure they are there for future generations. And so this has been around, you know, since he did that, and it's not really going to go away. And so it's just our job to, you know, make sure that we educate the the people and and make sure that we help them uh, voice their opinion.
4: Let me ask you this. Um, Do you think that we as a hunting community... And maybe this is why this is why BHA has come on so strong here uh, over the last seven or eight years. But do you think we as a a hunting community gave the NRA too much power and too much trust and and kind of got misguided on on to uh, assuming that they were just going to take care of everything, including public land? Because why not? We all own guns. We all hunt. Uh, I'm just curious to see what your thoughts were on that.
2: You know, I think that I think as a whole, hunters kind of became complacent. Right, like our waterfowl populations are doing really well. There's, you know, white-tailed deer everywhere in America. National Wild Turkey Federation had to change, kind of, their, their, um, you know, instead of the, you know, restoring turkeys. You know, they're now they're about more getting people out into the fields. And I think all those reasons are because you know things are pretty good right now as far as um, game populations, mm-hmm. and with exceptions of a few like mule deer and pronghorn. Um, but and so I think we became complacent. So I think you know, now it's, it's like a wake-up call when, you know, either the Schaffetz example or the, the Mr. Lee example is that, you know, none of this happened by accident on what we have, and it's not going to be carried forward by accident either. Um, and so you know, I think the NRA does an amazing job, you know, on the Second Amendment. Um, and, you know, that's a whole other issue that, you know, BHA doesn't really get involved in. But um, Oh, sure, you know, sure. There has to be public land advocates because, you know, that's, that's really um, not – You know, under their purview.
4: Yeah. So complacency, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's the beginning of the end, I think. Uh, you look around and you look at states like California. I mean, they got complacent and, and the people of Northern California now suffer because, uh, you know, they didn't, they didn't fight the fight early enough. It was too late.
2: Um, I will, I will say that uh, we have a chapter in California and we just got staffed. Um, here in the last three months to work in uh, Nevada and California, and, and usually when we have staff on the ground, that's a big um, kind of shot in the arm for our chapters. But the, over the last year, the California chapter now has a thousand members, and awesome. uh, we did a plant night in uh, San Francisco and had like 75 people show up. And there's a ton of hunters in California, but they just feel like you know they they they're, uh, they feel ostracized a little bit, right? And so by providing an opportunity for them to come together, you know, they're coming out, you know, in droves. And so are we going to change California tomorrow? I don't think so. But I think that, that you know, that the more that people get engaged, and, and especially, I think, through food, right, and, like, talk to people about what hunting is and what that means, like, maybe we can make a difference there. But maybe it is too late. Well, yeah. We're going to try.
4: Well, you know, that's the unfortunate reality is uh, when you have these big urban metroplexes like L.A., San Francisco – Go to uh, British Columbia. You've got Vancouver um, making decisions like the grizzly, the grizzly ban, yep. making those kind of decisions for the rest of the population, which lives in more rural or scattered areas. Uh, you know, those people are largely out of touch with reality and probably don't spend any time in the woods to begin with. So. Yeah. Uh... I was
2: talking to, uh, speaking of British Columbia, we have a chapter up there, and we went on a, a pint night tour up there, um, and we were talking to a biologist about this hunt, and, you know, let's take their side, like, look at their view, right, it's like, oh, let's protect the grizzly bears, we don't want any more of these grizzly bears to be shot, they're beautiful animals. And I was talking to the biologist, He's like, okay, so now we're not going to be able to hunt them. And what's going to happen? is you think there's going to be more grizzly bears killed because of uh, these big boars are going to be <laughs> a lot more territorial? And, and you know, and, and and so there's not that population. The bigger boys are being taken out. They're going to be eating, you know, young cubs. And um, and so he's that might be one of these unintended consequences from their side that they didn't understand as well. Yeah. Well,
4: and, you know, I'm pretty well versed on that whole deal. Spent some time up there on a trap line with some outfitters um, in in uh, January. And they used to get two grizzly tags a year. And so that yeah. was a substantial part of their income for the year. And you take that away. So anyway, they were telling me, you know, there's 15,000 grizzly bears in B.C., and yep. hunters were taking, on average, maybe 300 of them. So a drop in the bucket as far as the overall right. population, right. Uh, which was was growing despite the 300, you know, bears being harvested annually. So it's sure. just asinine. Well, and uh, certainly enjoying the conversation, man. Still a lot more I want to get into. Um, so are you cool to stick around for a few more minutes? Absolutely.
0: Good deal. And uh, I promise up next we will actually get into the green decoy Uh, That segment, by the way, brought to you by Horizon Firearms. Y'all know that if I'm not bow hunting, I've got my Horizon 7 mag with me everywhere I go. It's traveled the globe, it's attack driver, and when I pull the trigger, I have confidence that whatever I'm aiming at is going down, and it's going down quick. Horizon will customize your rifle to the specifications that you desire, and get this, they will shoot it in-house and guarantee that it shoots half-inch MOA. So check it out, horizonfirearms.com. We'll be right back with the Green Decoy, land taunting of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. You're listening to the Lone Star Outdoors Show.
3: When did the land of the free become the home of the afraid?
1: Afraid of the world, afraid of the truth. Afraid of each other. This ain't the country my grandfather fought for. But I still see the Haiti
0: fought against. In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of Dallas and Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, and now McKinney. Visit BobcatofDallas.com or call 469-586-0000. Hey, y'all. Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com.
1: People say I've got a
0: drinking problem, but I got no problem drinking it all.
1: They keep on talking from wrong conclusions, they call it.
0: Problem that is (laughs) Midler bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoors Show, powered by Dallas Safari Club. I'm your host Cable Smith. Uh, Thanks to our longtime presenting sponsors Lone Star Beer, always there to help me with that drinking problem, (laughs) and also Hoff Power Polaris. Uh, We've still got backcountry hunters and anglers land Tawny on the line here. But real quick, I want to remind you to head on out to the Fort Worth Convention Center this weekend. The Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza is going on right now. It's the granddaddy of all hunting shows. They've been doing this thing since the mid-70s, I want to say. Um, And I'll be out there at the Lone Star Beer booth Saturday and Sunday. So uh, come grab a cold Lone Star and let's talk a little hunting and fishing. We'll see you out there. Uh, All right. Well, let's get back into it here with Land. And uh, Land, you know, the real reason why I wanted to have you on today, and, you know, we kind of – hit on a bunch of other topics in the previous segment uh but we've got to discuss this green decoy hashtag that is all over social media right now and uh for better or worse you and bha have become the poster child of this green decoy so for our listeners out there who aren't familiar with it uh what the hell is the green decoy
2: absolutely that's great um thanks for that question so the about four years ago when BHA was still, I mean, we were pretty small at that point. Uh, I'm driving home from a, a, a hunting film tour event that we did in Bozeman, Montana, and I'm in a driving snowstorm. And I see this phone number come up from Louisiana, one of my friends in Louisiana. And I'm like, ah, I probably shouldn't answer that. But I pick up the phone and he's like, Hey, have you seen the green decoy stuff? And I was like, Oh, what are you talking about? Like, like full flock bodies? Like, tell me more. Like, he's like, oh, you haven't seen it. We're gonna kill so some mallards. Exactly. I was like, man, this is awesome. Like, what's the newest and greatest? And uh, and he tells me this over the phone. And you know, it's really it's a direct attack on BHA and some other groups like Trout Limited and the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership, um, saying that you know we're fake hunters and that uh, that we don't you know represent uh, hunters' best interests. And it's basically because, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, there's not unfettered oil and gas development. that We do that in a responsible manner. And, you know, we want to make sure that you have access to public lands and the fish and wildlife habitat when you get there. Well, that makes some people nervous. And I will say that I was surprised. You know, again, we were pretty small when they first started this four years ago. But, um, you know, they started it and they sent out, you know, they did a little video of me and like a little jib-jab kind of video. And they sent <laughs> it out to all of our corporate partners right before SHOT Show. And I was pretty nervous, to be honest, about what that response was going to be. And, you know, to a T, um, you know, our, our corporate partners were like, man, that's kind of funny. Uh, you know, you guys are on the map, and that's why they're, you know, making fun of you or trying to, like, you know, hurt your credibility. And uh, we're going to double down with you. And so that was four years ago. And we haven't, you know, I've, we've never really addressed it publicly. You know, it's like you don't want to give more credence to their efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this this is basically this effort is being driven by, uh, some DC lobbyists. Um, it's a hit firm that does smear campaigns. They've, you know, they've they've done campaigns against mothers against drunk driving. Um, they've told moms it's okay to eat mercury-laden fish. Um, their principal guy his name is named Richard Berman. has been yeah. called Doctor Evil by 60 Minutes, the New York Times did a big expose on him because he was at a oil and gas uh, conference in in Denver and talking about, you know, how. If you want to work with me, I play dirty and, and, you know, but we win. And this oil exec that was in the room was like, I don't like the way this guy's talking. And he pushed the cord on his phone and then gave that to the New York Times and they did a big expose on him. Um, and so these are dirty people being, you know, and they're basically running a smear campaign. And so again, we've ignored it for like the last four years. And then they came out with this latest, uh, like meme, um, that was like, uh, it was like George Soros was, uh, being the puppet master for me, like for some reason they call me out every single time, of, like as an individual versus organization, <laughs> and and I was like, I'm tired of it. You know, like my daughter has more blood on my her hands, you know, the ten year old from breasting out ducks in the back of the truck and whacking fish, than you know these DC lobbyists have ever had. And I was like, we're gonna take the fight to them. And so um, what we're doing now is like really, um, you know, talking about how you want to call us green decoys well i'll show you our green decoys and we're using that hashtag right yeah and 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 so flipping it on its head right and randy newberg picked it up and i don't know if you saw his stuff he was uh he picked up a little yellow rubber ducky the other day and he spray painted it green i
4: saw and, that uh, yeah
2: <laughs> he's gonna take it on all his like hunting trips this fall which i think is awesome uh ranella picked it up and was like man these are the most hunting and fishing people i've been around and, you know he comes to our rendezvous every year and so it's a little bit of a badge of honor cable. Yeah. Know? Like, they wouldn't be going after us unless we were doing good stuff. Um It's a little frustrating, I can tell you, um, because you have to, ex- you know, you have to constantly explain kind of like what we're doing right now. But I will say that sometimes, you know, no press is bad press, really. You know, the, the more that this gets our name out there and uh then people look into what we're doing and they find out, you know, there's not... You know, I always tell people if they've got questions, you know, name me one thing that you think is the anti hunting tradition that we're doing, you know, and, and it's not there. And so I think it has a lot of people that investigate, you know, and and find out more about who we are and they become members. Um, And then I think the, the, you know, it does fuel the fire for some people that don't like it, you know, and that's unfortunate. Um, But, you know, we're, instead of kind of ignoring it, we're going to, we're taking it head on. And so, we're creating T-shirts, you know, Martin Patellas over at Hunt to Eat's created a shirt that's going to be out soon. Um, we're trying to flip this on a set.
4: Right, right. Well, and I guess on some level, this goes all the way back to what we opened with, you know, Senator Lee's proposal to, yep. you know, turn over federal lands to state control, which to me would would say, okay, well, then it's going to be turned over to the private sector. It's going to be drilled, fracked, mined, um, yep. grazed, whatever it is, and and that has to be where these lobbyists are coming from. So
2: yeah, I think it's all connected, you know. And, yeah. and and again, like it's like the reason that they're coming after us is because we're being effective. And and so you know that just I mean I think anybody that's a BHA member has listened to this or has never heard of BHA. Like it's time for us to double down, you know. Like this is like if somebody brings the fight to you, you don't ignore it, right? And so that's what we're doing. And you know we were here in Billings, Montana last night. Um, we had like this is a place we haven't done a lot of work in and had 75 people show up, you know, these are people that are motivated and they, you know, want to get stuff done. And, um, I'll give you a little, this is going to come out, um, I'll, soon, but I'll let you know that we did a demographic survey um, of our membership. And one of the greatest things that came back from that demographic survey is our political affiliations. And it came back 33%, um, independent, Twenty-two percent Republican and then twenty percent Democrat, and I think and then the rest is like either identified or um, something else. And I like to me, like that's America a little bit right now. It's very independent, right? And our membership reflects that. And and so um, when they try to pigeonhole us one way or the other, like this is who we are and what we're doing, and and you know we're not going to run away from it.
4: Yeah. Uh, let me ask you one tough question. What? Uh, yeah. Has BHA ever because BHA is, you know, largely funded on uh donations. Um yep. has BHA taken any donation from an entity that they have distance from or, or wish that they didn't?
2: No. Not not at all.
4: Because that's what you uh, if you if you read about negative stuff about BHA, that's where it all starts is they've taken donations from this you know, and so
2: yep. I mean I think I mean here's what I would tell you is that, you know, um I think i think newberg calls it like an equal he's an equal opportunity abuser you know when people like mess with public lands you don't care what part you come from yeah. um and we're like i would say on that kind of same idea that we're you know an equal opportunity kind of um uh taker of money right like we're an organization that you know our half our money comes from foundations the other half comes from membership which is now approaching 25,000. Um, from corporate partners, um, from you know the biggest names in the business, um, from events that we're having, um, and then you know from uh, some merchandise, <laughs> we're starting to crush merchandise, and then also you know some donors. But our highest individual donor that's out there is sixteen thousand dollars, cable. Like we're not like there's not like. somebody's given us, you know, half a million dollars to go do something and telling us what to do with it. Um, And that may, you know, we may get those kind of checks eventually, but um, they're never going to tell us, you know, what to do. Like we take money, we're very upfront with people about what we're going to use that money for. And uh, we go do, you know, the things that making sure you have access to public lands and waters and then the fishing wildlife have that when you get there. So, you know, are we, we wish we hadn't taken money from anybody? Absolutely not. You know, look at our body of work and what we do and judge us on that.
4: Right on, man. Right on. Well, uh, so what is a a uh, membership to BHA? If any of our listeners are, you know, interested, twenty five in dollars, it? man.
2: It's like it's like you know like we were at the brewery. Twenty five dollars,
4: like, wow. <laughs> exactly, and
2: I was like, man, you are going to spend more more money on this microbrew tonight than you are for a membership, you know. And so it's twenty five bucks. You get uh, our awesome uh, backcountry journal, which is our magazine four times a year, um, and then uh, um, and then you know you get hooked up with your local chapter, and you know we've got a chapter there in texas we've got 38 state chapters now across the country yeah.
4: the state uh the um, texas chapter is doing a cleanup this weekend at uh i think it's twin twin buttes uh state park or something I, I
2: that's should, awesome right yeah, yeah yeah and so like you get like what happens you get hooked up with a chapter and then you can do local events like this cleanup and then that's also like get involved in kind of local conservation stuff you know there in texas so um that's the way our chapters work and you know like you become part of a community i will say you know i think every single time i go to one of these events like the sense of community that uh is around bha is pretty awesome very welcoming um you know we have a lot of of the hardest you know like backpacking you know they've been in the woods they came out of the womb yeah the people that you know are like you know Wanting to kill their own meat as a thirty-five-year-old now, you know, like they've been growing their own vegetables, now they, you know, want to kill their own meat, and so like, we bring it on, you know. We 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 accept uh, all folks that care about public lands.
4: Well, I, I'm off of vegetables, but I'm all about killing my own meat, so I'm, I'm going full carnivore, man. So.
2: Are you? Yeah. Full carnivore. Uh, about ninety
4: percent. I mean, the other ten percent is just beer. So.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm glad you didn't take that out. <laughs> Hell no.
4: Hell no. <laughs> Well, all right, man. Well, hey, Land, I certainly appreciate it. Always great to visit with you, brother.
2: Yeah, it's great to talk to you as well. Thanks so much for the opportunity to get on again today. All right. Take care. Yeah, you too, man.
0: All right. So there you have it, uh, the story of the green decoy and how all of that came about, uh, essentially a smear campaign. And and like Land said, it's not just against backcountry hunters and anglers, although he has become the face of uh, the propaganda Uh, Trout Unlimited, the Isaac Walton League, and uh, a couple other organizations are also listed on that website. I think the website, if you want to go check all this crap out, it's just greendecoys.com. You can see it all there. It's a bunch of hogwash, um, but hey, (laughs) this is the world we live in. So uh, anyway, that segment of the show was brought to you by All Seasons Feeders and Blinds. They've got a new light out. It's called the Little Squealer, Lil, like L-I-L, Squealer. And I think it retails for 59 bucks. You attach it to your AR, your favorite rifle, whatever the case, and you've got a killer red or green light to take on those hogs or predators under the cover of darkness. Check it out; it's the Little Squealer from All Seasons Feeders. Up next, we'll be joined by Dylan Dowson of On X Maps. We hit the backcountry with my favorite mapping technology. Elk season's what? Only three weeks away now? Goodness gracious. You're listening to the Lone Star Elk Tour Show.
1: am losing control My, stop, my go I can't
0: Cable here for isocialboost.com, a tool that many outdoor enthusiasts are using to grow their Instagram audiences, and if you're growing your Instagram audience, you're growing your brand. I recently let isocialboost.com take over a new page I created, and the growth has been incredible. ISocial Boost can help you expand your audience to heights you never imagined. Plus, you'll save 80%, that's right, 80% off your first week if you use my promo code LONESTAR. That's Lone Star at isocialboost.com. These are real followers who engage on a regular basis. Check it out, isocialboost.com. Hey, hey, all you waterfowl junkies out there, Cable here for TX Duck Blinds, highly durable and highly mobile customized duck blinds built by duck hunters for duck hunters. Each blind is built from solid steel by professional welders and field tested before shipment. A duck season will come and go, but guess what? Your TX Duck Blind is built to last. Customize yours today by calling 817-965-1306. You can also find them at texasduckblinds.com or check them out on Instagram and Facebook at TX Duck Blinds. If you're looking to buy a farm or ranch or list your existing property, Foster Farm and Ranch represents buyers and sellers of ranches of all sizes. They cover most of Texas and specialize in South Texas and the Hill Country. Visit Foster Farm and Ranch to see existing listings like the new 670 acre low fenced property in Uvalde County, free ranging access to your other exotics, whitetail, beautiful oak trees. Visit FosterFarmandRanch.com today, or call my friend Chad Foster at 830-776-3605.
3: 10 the duck wrapped in tin foil, catfish grinding and peanut oil. Check the traps for the crawfish boil, tambourine on the tail of a Labrador. We're gonna light the fire, catch a buzz,
1: talking trash, just because no girlfriends too far.
0: That is the title track off oh, William Clark Green's new record, our good friend. I think he got a pivotal duck, crawfish, and catfish in that line there. <laughs> Love that tune. I'm Cable Smith, by the way, welcoming everybody back to the Lone Star Outdoors Show. Thank you for being here today. I sincerely appreciate it as uh, we're about to hit the backcountry and do a little digital scouting with our friends over at OnX Maps. But before we do that, This segment of the show is brought to you by Pulsar Night Vision and Thermal Imaging. Let me tell you, if it's legal in whatever state you're hunting, uh, I would certainly recommend taking the Pulsar Helium into the backcountry with you because you're going to be able to scout for, you know, say it's elk or mule deer whatever it is. You get up before dark, head to your favorite meadow, trail, wherever it is that you're going to be hunting, and you're scouting the whole way there. You're not blowing any animals out because you've got that helium monocular Uh, It's a valuable tool. I'm telling you what, I've got it in my pack, but you do need to check the state regulations. Some states don't allow uh, thermal scouting, but uh, if they do, hey, it's an amazing tool. Highly recommend it, and you can find it at PulsarNV.com. All right. Well, let's go ahead and bring on our next guest. Uh, He joins us from somewhere up in the great state of Montana at Maps headquarters. It's my pleasure to welcome Dylan Dowson to the show.
5: Yeah, thank you for having us.
4: Absolutely. So, uh, first of all, let's get to know you a little bit. Uh, tell us, you know, where you're from, what you like to hunt most, and what you do at Onyx Maps.
5: Yeah, so I've been with Onyx for, I'm um, coming right up on three years here in a few days, actually. So, I've uh, been with Onyx for a little while. Um, I grew up in eastern Montana, um, uh, grew up hunting and fishing over there. Uh, my dad was a big hunter, so pretty young age I started to hunt, uh tagging tagging along with him and then once I was twelve, uh I was able to get, uh go through hunter safety and start hunting myself. So I guess you could pretty much say I've been hunting my whole life, um, here in Montana. And then so yeah, eastern Montana is where I was born and raised and then so I'm I'm living currently in Missoula, Montana,
2: mm-hmm. which
5: is where Onyx is from. Um X was founded here in Missoula, which is completely western end of the state, so about an eight-hour drive uh, That's where I grew up, but still in Montana, so uh,
3: mm-hmm. yeah,
5: no, it's been great. I'm currently the community coordinator here at ONX. I work a lot with our pro staff um, personnel all throughout the country, a lot with our influencers. I do a lot of work with our social media here at ONX um, and just general marketing um, initiatives and whatnot, so yeah, very fortunate enough to be able to work at, at a place like Onyx. Um, and, yeah, I guess I was a user of Onyx. I, I think I got the chip for, like, a Christmas present or something. Oh, yeah. A couple of years before I started working working here, so I was familiar with it. Definitely saw the, the benefits, so it was pretty cool to then, a couple of years later, actually um, apply and get the position here at Onyx. So, yeah, a little bit of my background there. Um, but uh, I actually started in customer service here at Onyx worked that for a couple of years, which was great. Um, you know, I was able to really learn who our customer is, what, what they need, the different needs throughout the different parts of the country, um, and kind of get that perspective. So, uh, we customer service for a couple of years and then I've been part of the marketing team for about the last year.
4: All oh, right on. Okay. Yeah. I know I've been using Onyx for, I guess about five elk seasons. I mean, to me, that's where the calendar year starts September 1st. Uh, I usually dove hunt in Texas and then head to New Mexico or Colorado, wherever wherever I have a tag. And that's kind of like, uh, you know, the beginning of the year for me. And I think, like I said, I think five seasons now. So how long has Onyx been around?
1: Well, Onyx
5: was founded in 2009. Um, our founder, Eric Siegfried, was Montana native as well. He actually grew up about an hour from where I did in mm. eastern Montana, And uh, Eric guided a little bit um, as well. And then when he moved over to this side of the state um, to finish out some schooling, you know, it was was different hunting areas for him that that he hadn't grown up hunting and didn't know exactly who owned the property. So he definitely saw a need for a a product like this and kind of started building the maps for himself for personal use. Um, And and how Onyx got started was um, Eric started making – little micro SD chips just loaded with all the uh, plat data, um, who owns the property, all the boundary lines, and all the public lands and stuff. He would he would compile that, put it on chip, and then format that to work in his Garmin GPS. Huh. So that was our first product. Took a, a standard GPS and it overlaid it with property boundary lines, ownership, um, who owned the property, their actual name on the map, and then all the public lands. Uh, so that was kind of the... Kind of the start of ONX in 2009.
4: Wow. So, just uh, not some big business plan, just out of functionality, wanting to have it for his own personal hunting use.
5: Yep, absolutely. Interesting. Um, Yeah, that was 2009. And then a couple years later, um, you know, we realized the company started to grow pretty well. um, And we realized the future of of GPS and and that technology, you know, is, is right now in people's smartphones and tablets. Um, everybody's got a smartphone pretty much when they go into the woods, they're on them at all times, it seems like now. So that's when we started developing the, the hunt app, um, essentially turns your phone into a handheld GPS unit. You can see where your, your location is on the map. Um, you know, you can still mark waypoints, track your hikes, um, you know, all sorts of different GPS functionality, as well as it shows you all that land ownership data, public lands. Um it's just it's jam packed with a ton of different information that we can include in the app. So
2: hmm.
5: um yeah, a couple of years later we started started with the app and um definitely been taking off. We've grown a lot even over the last couple of years. Um I think I was like the low to mid thirty. I think I was like the thirty fourth employee and now we're upwards of about hundred here at Onyx. So oh, wow. definitely growing.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So Go back to this the latest technology because in my hands I'm I'm holding a, a Garmin 64ST, a Garmin InReach Explorer, and then a Samsung Galaxy Nine. So you're telling me I no longer need these Garmin GPS units?
5: Nope. with with the Hunt app, I mean you know it's it's always great to have a backup, um, and some people are more comfortable with those Garmin GPS units, and that's fine. We we still definitely sell those chips um state specific individual chips
4: well, I got a pile for of those
5: <laughs> users <laughs> yeah. yeah um but in all reality with the technology um and with our investment with our engineers you know rebuilding the app um just recently within the last year here you know the the phone is pretty much all you'll need um as long as you save the area you're headed to before you go out there if you don't have cell service it works just fine offline um and to be honest with you I I was a huge user of my Garmin and the chip. Um, And then once we did this rebuild of the app about a year ago, um, I haven't turned my GPS on since. Um, It's kind of became a paperweight. So like I said, you know, if if you have it, it's great to have as a backup, but um, I, every time I'm out there, I'm relying solely on my phone and the hunt app and I've yet to turn on my GPS.
4: Okay. Well, so my only concern with that is battery life on your phone if that's what you're using for your GPS, I guess there's plenty of external, uh, battery packs out there that you can take into the woods. I imagine that's what you're doing.
5: Yep, absolutely. And, you know, it really just depends. Everybody's style of hunting is a little bit different. Um, you know, for the people going out for a week plus in the backcountry, you know, there's definitely still options for them as well. Um, but as long as you save that area that you're headed to and put your phone into airplane mode, it really doesn't take up much battery at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I'm in airplane mode, I can last several days off of my phone's battery. But I always do carry, like, a little portable charger. Um, I can get two to three full cell phone charges out of that thing. So, I mean, I'm, I'm set, you know, up to a week with that. And I know some of the guys that are going for longer trips, um, you know, week plus, a lot of them carry solar panels, like, on their backpack or they leave at camp and they're able to, to keep their phone charged with that. So, yeah, that's a great question, especially, you know, up here in Montana. Um, even during September, you know, when it's relatively still warm during the day, it can dip down, you know, into the, the high 30s um, or whatever at night, and it seems like that that cold really does drain phone batteries. So it is a, a concern, but um, definitely ways that you can prevent that from, from dying out there.
4: Right on. Well, let me ask you this. Why does anyone need OnX when Google Earth is so readily available for mapping and, and cyber scouting?
5: Yeah, yeah, Google Earth, I mean, that, it's a great tool if you're just looking at aerial imagery um, and want to get to lay the land. What, what the Hunt app does specifically, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things it does, but essentially what it, what it does is it takes that Google Earth-like imagery, and we overlay property boundaries. Um, the names of the owners, you know, for those individual property boundaries, all the public land. So in a glance of, of the map, green will show up as forest, blue state, yellow, BLM, just like any old paper map. So just looking at a map um, in a second, you can see exactly where that public land is and what type of land it is. So um, there's a lot more functionality that we have, you know, in the hunt app. Uh, there's a lot of different layers that you can turn on and turn off depending on what you want to see at any given time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can switch between topo and that satellite imagery and a hybrid, um, which is the satellite with topo over it. So really there's, there's a lot of different ways that you can use the map. Um, so a little bit different in that aspect.
4: Right on, right on.
5: Oh, let me ask
4: you this. What is the cost associated with, say, so I'm headed to New Mexico for, I think we're going to be in there seven, eight days. Uh, if I just want the New Mexico chip or just want to buy that app, just the app for New Mexico, can I do that, or do I have to buy the whole thing, like all 50 yep. states?
5: Yeah, we do have individual states. So for a single-state membership for the app, um, it's a annual membership. So, if you bought it today, you would be good for a year from today um then it would renew, but a single state membership is twenty nine ninety nine so it runs at thirty bucks for the full year uh-huh. um an elite membership, which is all fifty states every every state uh we have to offer um you get that for ninety nine ninety nine so oh wow hundred bucks for all fifty
4: yeah yeah, okay, and then, as far as like customer service, if I have a problem because i you know sometimes I'm not the uh Best with technology, so I might be calling you. Uh, you guys yeah. offer support for that.
5: Oh yeah, absolutely. We've got a, a great customer service team, um, growing constantly. And anytime that we, you know, are not able to um, keep up with the volume of emails and phone calls, we we just add employees and, and make sure that we're on top of the game <laughs> there. So yeah, we've got a big customer service team here. Um, it's one of those things that you know historically a lot of our users aren't very tech savvy. Um, you know, it can be a little bit of a, a challenge switching over and relying on a phone and an app. Um, so yeah, whatever your questions are, if you're just looking for tips and tricks and better ways to use the app, or if you need help downloading an app from the app store, I mean, we've heard it all. Um, but yeah, we've got a great team and a great great uh, support FAQ um, page on our website. So pretty much every, every question that you know, we've answered, um, we've got in there as well.
4: Excellent. Okay. And so what is the, uh, website?
5: Yeah. Website is www.onxmaps.com. O N X M A P S. Um, and yeah, from there, if you go to the hunt app, that's kind of what, what we've been talking about there, but yeah, we've got a lot of, uh, FAQs as we, we mentioned there, um, a lot of video tutorials and just like the, the general content from all of our ambassadors a lot of time that we we take that content for on our website through blogs or through stories to yeah uh, get people up to speed there
4: well i mean not only do i use onyx uh but guys who are in the backcountry a lot more than me like uh, randy newberg steven ranella uh i know they're both big fans of, of onyx as well and have been for some time so uh you got yeah. a lot of great ambassadors using the product and you know, keeping yourself out of uh, out of harm's way, and by that I mean keeping yourself off of private land. Uh, that's the, I mean, that's an easy way to get yourself into trouble in the backcountry. Um, you know, a lot of yeah. times there's not fences marking property lines up in the mountains, so uh, I mean, that's where Onyx is truly just invaluable as a as a resource.
5: Yeah, absolutely, and I mean, there's there's so many features and different you know layers that we could chat. I mean, we could chat for hours just on those alone, but You know, back to your uh, point there of keeping people safe, we we do have one now where you can mark a waypoint and send it to people. So um, I've used that one several times for, like, if you knock down an elk and you need help from a buddy or something, you can actually text them a waypoint of that exact location. Hmm. But a lot of people use that as well for for safety, you know, letting loved ones know where they're going to be. Um, So I can go right into the app, mark a waypoint um, to where I'm headed, say, this weekend can text that to a family member and just let them know "Hey, I'll be in that area. Um, so they can pull it up right in their app as well. So that's kind of one of the new things where we're constantly, uh, innovating, trying to come up with the next big thing and, and staying ahead of the curve, you know, with our uh, customer requests and whatnot. So that was one of them that came to mind, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of different, uh, layers in there for sure.
4: Yeah. Well, I think I have hunts planned in like four, maybe five states and, Uh, coming up this season so 100 bucks for all 50 states i mean that's a that's a pretty good deal
5: yeah i i know for me um it's pretty crazy the amount of money i spend every year on tags or applications or just gas to driving to my different hunting areas or scouting so you know for uh for that price to be able to use you know use all that the tools and the gear that i got that year and have a more successful season and and just be able to go out there and hunt with confidence and not second-guess myself and, and whatnot is definitely a pretty, pretty small price to pay, in my opinion.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, hey, Dylan, I certainly appreciate the time today. a uh, big fan of OnX, have been for a while, and I'm looking forward to uh, maybe getting rid of this Garmin paperweight and just taking the cell phone in this season.
5: Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> we, uh, we appreciate you having us on, and, and good luck this season for sure. All right, brother, take care. Yep, have a good one.
0: All right. Interesting stuff there from our good friends over at on X Maps. Uh, appreciate Dylan jumping on the show with us today. And I'll tell you what, I've gotten all of those uh, maps saved on my phone now. So I don't think I'm going to be taking that GPS into uh, the backcountry come September. Maybe it is just a paperweight. But hey, uh, the less you have to carry, the better off you are. So I was taking my phone anyway. That's going to be my camera. And now I don't have to take a, a GPS. <laughs> when you're counting every ounce, that's important. Plus, you don't have to take extra batteries. Uh, that segment of the show brought to you by Dallas Safari Club, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. Uh, unfortunately, just looking at the clock here, we've got to go, got to get out of here. do want to say thanks to uh, all of our guests today. Of course, Dylan uh, Dowson of Onyx, land towney of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, And Andrew Howard of Kent Cartridge We will do it again, same time, same place Next week Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part Of the Lone Star Outdoors show Until then, I'm Cable Smith saying Y'all have a great week in the outdoors
1: Hand in hand we threw our caution to the wind I gave it all up just for. I gave it on up just for you